0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everyone in between. Uh, You're tuned into the magnificent powerhouse that is the man, Childian Candidate, wherever you're listening through. Um, My name's G-Man today, and um, it was yesterday as well. I probably will be again tomorrow, and across me is P-Boss with a very sharp fangs. What do you know, sir?
1: All I know is I'm going to have to have these things filed, sir, because they're very, very bitey. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes, yes. A workman blaming their tools, I see. It's the,
0: it's the fangs' fault, is it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not thankful for these, let me tell you. Ooh, starting early today. You shall be punished, <laughs> sir. You shall be. Well, look, man, here we are again. It's been a little while. and um, It's been a while. It has. Um, and I kind of like the format of uh, releasing an app when we feel like it. It seems yes. to be what the formula has become. Yes. Um, we've had production meetings about, hey, man, chop, chop. Let's get this done. One every fortnight, son. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Our fortnights are. Uh, we did the time episode a little
1: while ago, and it's gone astray. It's a bit skew, is it not, man? Well, full confession. I. I it's clear that we kind of thought like fortnights were like eight or nine or ten weeks. So yes, yes. Upon discovering that it's yeah. actually
0: two wow. weeks, or yeah. forty nights, it makes sense, is not it? Forty of them.
1: Totally. Anyway, that's what I thought.
0: But um, hey, listen, man. Today we're going to be wrestling and grappling and uh, slinking. Oh damn on it! The I should stretch then. I thought you already did, sir. That was, <laughs> Maybe that might have just been a seizure. Sorry. I hope you're okay. <laughs> Happens um, at this age. It does. I know it does. We're, we're, we're endeavoring to continue on with uh, a, a little chapter of ours, which is the cryptids, uh, yes. Mr. P Boss. This is what we're doing. So, last step, we explored the extravagant and wild world of werewolves. We and, really um, did. And that was a rollicking ride. And, um, you know, we've decided to endeavor on uh, probably the most um, well known, I think, or pop culturally. I- ad- a-listable, exactly. A-lister. Dude. We've yeah. gone for a blockbuster bout here tonight, and we're red carpet. The vampire as the vampire as our, vampire. Ex- as our explorative um, mechanism this evening, my guy. So um, it, it's it's been good. It's been good fun exploring this one too, because there is so much
1: literature on this. You, my friend, have gone deep. I'm looking forward to yes you taking us taking us through this. You're going to mm. be mining. Um, I'm excited. I'm just going to be hanging on for the ride. Um, I I believe this role was called special comments. I don't know if my comments will be special (laughs) at all. That, that, That actually puts a lot of pressure on me, which in turn negatively impacts my comments. It's a bit of a you know self fulfilling prophecy, and the listener, and the one listener. Hello, listener. How are you this evening? <laughs> That's
0: right. <clears throat> They're an important listener, though. This is oh, every- he's a
1: great, one, he's a great listener.
0: <laughs> everyone is a good
1: listener. You know? Such a good listener. Yeah, it, it, it is an exciting day,
0: and it does get a little bit dark. Not as dark as some of the episodes we've um, we've delved into in the past. We've, yes. we've been going off kilter lately, and really, you know, grappling with some um, extremity. You know, it, it can be quite costly, but you know, we've done all the hard work for you our dear players at home. And please enjoy this rollicking ride as we explore the world of vampirism. Boy, it is quite extreme, really, isn't it? And um, as our listeners will know that what we like to do, we're not just going to leap in fully unaware with no life jackets and no No, points. not at all. We need to observe this phenomena. Um, find any grain of truth, if that's even possible, but through the lens of something that makes us feel comfortable and safe and nurtured, you know, and, and it's generally the, the lens of a pop culture, and it will be a film. Of course. Or some films this very day. Yes. So,
1: what have we been investigating in our passage here, sir? Uh, <laughs> I have not been investigating your passage, sir. This is awkward. Uh, it's all right. We can, it happens every week. We can edit uh, this bit out. It's fine. Uh, mate. I am going to be so loving towards the fantastic. And, and look, there's no way of doing this episode without the quintessential, in my opinion, the untouchable, the classic 1992 Dracula, oh. Bram Stoker's. Wonderful novel, which, by the way, man, I've actually read. Have you? That's how That's how sad or, or glorious my life is. You choose.
2: That's glorious,
1: um, But look, this movie, in re-watching this movie, it was just a joy. It's an interesting thing to look at something that you know is good. This often happens. Perhaps it's relatable to my chronology and my memory loss and my... You know, multitude of acquired brain injuries, but oh man, it was it was a fascinating thing to watch this classic, quirky, beautiful, wonderful in patches, awful movie, um, especially uh, again doing the research into in this genre as we have. So, for me, that's the one I'm going to be focusing on. But you, my friend, um, you referenced the other day in our conversation another vampire movie classic. Yes. Uh, yes, and I feel
0: like the uh, this this one that I'm going to mention, uh, I'm just going to leap in. I'm going to say it's From Dusk Till Dawn. Oh, so good. And this is a Robert Rodriguez film, and so what I feel like this does is uh, perfectly differentiates these two ideologies behind what a vampire is. Yes. What we have in Dracula, there is a singular, perhaps, and he's a little bit more thoughtful and regal, whereas the ones in, um, in, in From Dusk Till Dawn savage beasts and they're untamable, and they, yes. So this is what I thought might be a nice thing. So we'll go those polar opposites and then meet in the middle somewhere, which I think sounds pretty nice.
1: And I think, I think that's, what's really interesting. Um, as no doubt you're going to take us through the, the annals of history, um, not to, I didn't make any jokes then. I was going to say you were going to take us through your annals of history, but I didn't. You, see, you had to back backpedal and get that joke in there. I like it. Ah, damn it. It's not the same, is see, it? See, that was the joke the whole time. No, nah, it is. It's good. I'm keeping it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's keep that in. So, yeah. you know, in terms of your, your you know, you're going to throw us in the DeLorean, you're going to throw us in the uh, mm. TARDIS, the, the, uh, the time travel vehicle of choice. Yes. Very, very interesting to reference the particular individual uh, in this movie, and also to look at, look, it's interesting, there's some historical references in in this movie. Um, there's obviously um, some serious liberties taken. But I think the interesting thing, and you've already pointed it out, is the interpretation by Francis Ford Coppola here into making Dracula a tragic, almost... Somewhat heroic figure, yeah. but definitely a tragic figure and not necessarily the b- blood-curdling, mindless monster that we have come to know as as in many different incarnations. You know, I know you love Leslie Nielsen's interpretation, Dracula, dead, and loving (laughs) it. And loving it, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Um, But very, very interesting. So, look, this might be a good segue to sort of jump in the TARDIS or jump into the DeLorean and... Let's go, man! Because yeah, I love it. Some of this is interesting. Some of this is exciting. Some of this is dark, and uh, I'm just curious. Yeah, I'm just curious.
0: Well, let's just have a little look about what we think we know about the vampire. stereotypically, when one thinks of a vampire, we've got them as slender, pale, charismatic and regal, as would be, you know, Dracula, Dracul, drinking blood. Now, this is the motif that's incredibly important that we're going to discuss and discover is, uh, you know, atypical amongst all of them, um, variations, etc. So, they're drinking the blood, sleeping in a coffin in the daytime, transforming between humanoid and bat. It's been known to happen. They can do that. Uh-huh. I hate that. Yeah. Uh turning invisible into mist or vapor. Now that's hard hard to catch. Wow. Super strength and speed. Yes. Uh-huh. Big fat yep. dick. Hurt or killed by sunlight. Yes. Immortal. This is what we understand and possess super healing. Uh, they've got an aversion to certain things, of course, some relics, perhaps like a Holy Cross or a, or some Holy Water or some garlic. And we'll discuss why that is in a little bit later.
1: Can only be- It affects, it affects their breath, you know, negatively impacts their dating. I'm thinking. Really bad
0: down at the old Dracul dating barn. It's not Uh good. Yeah. Uh, can only be killed by uh, a stake through the heart. And we'll talk about why cutting their heads off doesn't work a bit later. Um, they are undead. You know the term that was new to me when I was ten years old. The term uh, what? How can they be undead? Well, yeah. well they're a reanimated corpse and they've got superpowers, right? So that's pretty, ins- you know, pretty obvious. Cannot enter a premises unless invited, which we learned from uh, many iterations, but most notably, probably the Lost Boys. Yes, uh, casts no shadow upon the ground if they're in, ever in any light at all, and they cannot be seen in a reflection. Interesting. So yes, so this is pretty. Wild, really, isn't it? I mean, this is an obvious sort of tropey sort of list of what we expect the vampires to be, and um, our buddy Dracula ticks a whole lot of these little boxes so easily, hey? Um, but is there any truth into any of this folklore at all? And yes, yes, I believe there is some. And there's much to discuss. And I will give some resounding examples just a little bit later. But the word vampire, as we know, it first appeared in English in 1732. But every European country has a different word. for them and deriving from words from millennia ago. This is not a recent thing, my guy. Of course, no, it's not. no. These things appear and have been appearing for millennia, like millennia, my guy. And what's great is that uh, we think we think that the vampire comes from um, Czech, basically Czechoslovakia. And a linguist uh, proposes that a Slavic verb, which is vprítse is to stick or to thrust into, and that might be denoting the fangs. So, a yeah, man be vampire, hard to know. Mm. Um, but many cultures have got other words for the vampire. We've got striga, that's Albanian. Strigoi, Romanian mythology, and we'll talk about a very important Romanian a little later on in the oh, program. Yeah. Striga would be, or Strix of the Greeks. Uh, Chupacabra, a blood-sucking beast from South America. Ramunga is a Madagascan folklore vampire as well. Drauga, well, or Drauga, this is Icelandic and most notably from Skyrim.
1: How do we miss that? The, yeah, we can't. We cannot miss that. Yeah, I um, mean,
0: whether they're vampires we don't know, they're undead for sure though, right?
1: Yes. Like, really yeah. good
0: axes, really yeah. good axes. Yeah,
1: and they're, they're um, good to just get mass gold, you know, early on in the game. 100% dude, fairly easy kills, you know, fairly easy. Uh, and
0: we got uh, Sasabonsam from Ghana. Now, every, what we just highlighted here is that every culture on every continent has got a little vampire and what they all have in common, my guy, is of course the rising from the dead motif, the drinking of the blood and the lurking around at night.
1: Lots of lurking. Lots of lurking.
0: Yes. So what I might do is discuss a few a few beasts from um, around the world, um, a couple of the different vampires, if you don't mind. And us in Australia also have something that is quite similar, which is pretty great for us. So, of course. We've got our yeah. own franchise. That's right. And then uh, just after that, I'll discuss the very first vampire ever written of. And then maybe we leap in and talk about some Dracul, if you wouldn't mind. If you I don't think mind. so. I think is we should. Is that all right? Well, it Artem- seems good. Gee, we get along like this. It's really important, is Proceed, it? sir. Um, thank you, dear. Um, and it feels pretty important to differentiate between mythology and folklore. Um, sure. Mythology, basically, if we boil it down, is a grander thing over a longer time, whereas folklore is between villages and smaller counties sort of thing. So it's still the same sort of stuff. Um, but anyway, as I said, Striga is Greek. There's a couple of Greek vampires here. They're birds of ill omen and they consume flesh and blood. And there's a the whim of um, Hades, I believe, when he's a little bit on the grumpy side. Oh, um, no. Yes, and uh, Empusa is a shape changing witch um, and she's quite evil. A bit Lilithy, and we'll discuss her as a progenitor in a second. Um, but Egypt, no stranger. Um, Osiris, god of the underworld, the yes. son of Geb and Nut. He was just a vampire. He was always a vampire. There was no sort of, you know, there was no creation myth beyond this. He just appeared as, a, as their son, as a vampire. Um, and that's pretty crazy. It's a little bit like um, Lilith, who I've already mentioned. We're going to mention. Um, China, shang um, Qi is the hopping vampire, a most peculiar entity. So she is um, stiff with um, mm. rigor mortis. So she's already dead Well and truly dead You see And arms outstretched Like reaching out towards you And um you know, the methods of dispatching her are pretty great, which is pretty, which I like because she would sneak in and hop into your, she literally hops. She's got like one leg. Yeah.
2: Right?
0: Um, and Kind of makes things more creepy, the hopping thing, well, I reckon. It does, it's, it? It. it's weird. Yeah, I know. And the arms outstretched and not too nice. But you can take her down with um a, a broom or some blood from a, a black dog. Okay. Or some sticky rice. Now, yeah, I don't know how sticky that rice has to be. Well, kind
1: of clearly off.
0: Bad sticky rice. Yeah. 100% it's black rice, man. Not good. Yeah. Um, in India, We've got a particular creature called um, Chadeep, which is prostitute, unfortunately. What? Poor creature. And always a female, riding a tiger in the moonlight. But she enters houses and puts occupants to sleep. And then drains their blood from there. Yep. But locally, let's come home. Let's bring it home to Australia, man. Please. We've got this rad dude. We call him Yarra Ma Yahoo. And he is a legendary creature found in Australian Aboriginal mythology, right? And according to legend, this creature resembles a little red frog-like man with a very big head and a large mouth with no teeth, Oof. But um, and suckers on the ends of it, hands and feet. No. So what it does is it's kind of tiny, right? And it drops from the trees. Like, a, I think the myth of, like, what we tell... Uh, you know, people from overseas oh, drop bears, drop bears, this is like you know, and so this thing sucks your blood like a little little frog, which is sort of freaky, dude. I don't know how much I like that, but and that might be a little bunyip thing, too. You know what I mean? Or a um, Yowie. yaoi, yeah, thank you, yeah, exactly. It's a bit yowie esque. So, but where do the vampires come from, right? This is this is the trick, and this is what we will explore a little bit further. But it's thought that they could be revenants, you know, creatures that have been brought back to dead via because they were evil. They were evil beings. Um, They could have been witches or suicide victims, which is a big no-no across a lot of cultures, apart from Japan, where it seems to be an honourable passage. Out of here. Yep. But other ideas of vampire origin are like um, a a proper ritual was not performed on them, like a death rite. Yes. And, you know, the classic sort of thing, like, you know, putting a couple of coins on their eyes for Sharon to take them across the river Styx. That wasn't performed. They came back as vampires. And one thing they would do in some certain villages when they buried someone who they thought might be a vampire. Dude, they put a brick or a block of wood in that dead guy's mouth so that when he gets vampiric tendencies and he wakes up, he can't bite. Right. Ingenious. Okay. Right? Yeah. Ingenious. Sure. That's a smart way to do it. It is. Yeah. It is. But originally what's funny too is that w- what we think we know from a lot of this folklore, and especially in the Slavic area, um, they were not regal. They were not nice at all. They were rotting corpses, dude. Yes. They were disgusting. Yes, and they were sneaking out of the graves. They were bloated, swollen, discovered. and there's something about a corpse, man, a dead body. What will happen is gums will retract, right, and it looks like there's fangs. Yes, the nails continue to grow. The body gets gaunt and starts to lose mass, and so the hair grows and the thing- so, yes, you know, digging up someone you think might be a vampire, dude, you give a guy a month in the ground. He will look like a vampire. I must guarantee it, dude. You know, yeah, and yeah, it's freaky. Yeah. Um. But ever so quickly before we delve into a little bit of um Dracula, because I'm dying to know what we've discovered here. Yes. Um. Is Lilith. Oh, now Lilith wow. appears quite a lot in lots of literatures and has done and still does. You know, and there's a True Blood and all these other literatures about Lilith, and she was a Sumerian succubus, right? Um, And she's mentioned all the way throughout Hebrew scripture and potentially one of the very first vampires ever described, and mainly from Mesopotamia. But what she really is, according to the Bible, is uh, a primordial she-demon banished from Eden, because she was Adam's first wife. She was the first Eve, basically. Ah. And the thing is, she refused to obey Adam. She said, nah, I will not lay beneath you this one time, because he wanted to have his way with her. she said no, and um, that wasn't okay, and so she was kicked from the Garden of Eden. Harsh. Uh, he sounds like a bit of a willy, doesn't he, the old Adam? Like, yeah, yes, yeah, you do what I say. Anyway, she's gone, but it's crazy because in Hebrew, like this sounds like a bit of a damning. Lilith translates into night creature, or even better yet, night hag. Oh, right? But that sounds like victory I mean, history being written by the victors, right? Like the Sodomites, the vandals. these guys were abolished, and so these words now mean deplorable things, because they were, uh, they were abolished, and the victors wrote the goddamn history on this man. It's crazy. So she sought to be the progenitor of the vampires, as highlighted, as I said in the True Blood series. So whether she is truly a beast or has just suffered some very serious defamation. From holy sources, I'd be very interested to know, but up until this point, I just don't.
1: So yes, 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 know. and and also also makes appearances in the Joss Whedon Buffy verse as well. Yes, man, and also in the in the Angel TV series, I think I think she Lilith ends up being right at the top of uh, or behind the nefarious Wolfram and Hart entities. So yeah. Yeah, super interesting.
0: So she's a powerful entity in that realm though, isn't she? Like, yeah, it's common motif for this Lilith to be um to be amongst her. And because she's it's mentioned thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago, you know, first sort of described in a thousand BC. And um ever since then, um, the whole notion of a vampire or someone who is um nefariously drinking thine blood is um has become a motif. Yes, yes. Know, ever since then. Yeah. yeah it's quite, re- yeah, it's remarkable, hey? And, yeah, um yeah. yeah, but when did, it's like, when did vampires sort of start first appearing, though? Because I've got a little, tiny little list here, and this first seems to be mentioned in in 1819 as a lit- literary character by a guy called um John Polidori.
1: Yes. The, vo- wrote, the, the vampire, vampire, the yes. vampire.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and Penny Drevel did a little comic and um, sort of story on it as well with uh, Varney the Vampire in '47. But most notably, 19, uh, 1897, Bram Stoker, Dracula. Dracula. This tale. <laughs> and he's the very first one. We'll mention a very particular. Um, Romanian um, guy <laughs> A little bit later yes. He may have a name Rhyming with Vlad No, he doesn't rhyme <laughs> with Vlad It is Vlad We'll talk about him But from what I understand um, This was the very first time That Vlad was associated with In fact being a vampire Yes Despite popular common belief Yes,
1: know. yes, yes And and yeah. and you, you you sort of see some I suppose Some poetic license um, and my understanding too was there was there was a lot of um, law or ideas taken from other literature, particularly relating to the werewolf. Um, so there's some there's some really interesting um, liberties taken. This is yes. a real divergent path here, and it's the one that seems to have really stuck, uh, doesn't it? This this seems to be the the superior prototype which uh, mass production then goes <laughs> yes. forth um, yeah and again it's really important to sort of point out in in the book uh, that, that that again it's not there's no there's no relatability to this individual there's no um, other than the sort of the dichotomy that he starts out as a servant of God so again, you know, you can listen back to our werewolves episode. There was a lot of ideas uh, throughout cultures around the world that becoming a werewolf was a punishment mm. by God. Um, and so we have a bit of a callback to this. Very much so, hey. Yeah. And, and uh, look, I'm just intermittently going to jump here and refer to parts of the movie. Like I said, I'm just so, oh, my God. But it just reminds me of that scene um, when Van Helsing and the... Uh, <laughs> and we'll talk about some of the casting in this movie later on, but, you know, where Van Helsing and the three suitors... I nearly called them the three tits, but <laughs> the three suitors are uh, attempting to, you know, corner and kill Dracula. And there's just that wonderful moment when Gary Oldman is in, in that incredible makeup and he looks at Van Helsing and, you know, um, Van Helsing is... Talking about you know how God rules him and he's an abomination you know and he just looks at him and he says, Look what your God
2: has done to
1: "Yes." And it's played in such a way that it's like, well, if your God is so beautiful and powerful and kind, why would he take? Why would he create an abomination like this? Very, yes. very interesting. A combination of really wonderful acting and, you know, wonderful prosthetics, makeups and all that sort of stuff, which I'll which I'll bang on about for hours. But yeah. Talking of taking liberties, the film takes another liberty, which really works well. Cause um and by the way, thank you for that historical ride that you took us on. Oh, that's all right. More to come later, man. But yes, please. But really really interesting in the movie, because one of the wonderful things that I just enjoyed so much about it was the use of shadows, mm. the use of Dracula's shadow being an you know an independent thing, yes, the way yes. the shadow reaches across and knocks over a glass and all, you know, just magical. That I had completely forgotten, you know. Oh, and that goes against mate. something
0: on the very first top of the list about not casting a shadow because, in fact, Correct. his damn shadow was a character unto itself, hey. Like, so so yeah. that's,
1: that's, again, I love that creative choice to go, okay, not supposed to. Yeah create a shadow um how about we create a different shadow that's that's kind of kooky in a separate entity yeah oh just 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 contributes so much to the to the overall creepiness and the moments in the film where we're almost trying to locate where he should be by his shadow and then he comes into the other <laughs> side right. of the shot and it's like oh that's man right.
2: yeah
1: that's just so wonderful, but you're right. The appearance in the book it changes the game, doesn't it? And it yeah. introduces a regal quality to this individual. And there's the word; it really focuses on the on the um, the race yeah. <laughs> of of vampires, and really puts the lens on the individual here, my dude. Big time and i think and i think that's what's that's what's diff- different we kind of have the the prince the the prince the regal king mm. the um, but i love how the book starts out by saying look he's actually a servant of god yeah um, he's actually um, you know he was if we if we just dip dip our toe into the you know historical section here vlad tepesh was you know fighting for the for the holy roman army so um you know it was uh it was a very interesting change. But yeah, dude, those are those are the early appearances in history and really, really different. Really you know. Yeah. Um, totally, man. Yeah, really different. Really interesting. I mean, the Penny Dreadful series, that might have to be a whole nother discussion because I loved that TV show. It's pretty pretty rad, isn't it? But yeah. but but I uh but I digress. Buddy, I'm curious about I am curious about transformation. I am curious about what what happens in that process, my man. Because yes. again, again, looking at other episodes as we had, you know, that's what that's what I loved about the American Werewolf in London. It showed transformation. I know that's what I loved about the movie Dracula. It showed various guises and forms and and states. Um, yes, exactly. But can you take can you take us a little bit through the the idea? Yeah. Of- Yeah,
0: of course I can. Yes, I can. Um, Because what we think we know once again, or what is typically talked on, um, and Anne Rice's... Um, novels really crush some of these ideas beautifully as well. And we do see that in... Um, we have we have
1: to mention them, don't we? We really do. Well,
0: don't. I think we do, you know. And um, I hadn't seen Transformation, I don't think, done better, perhaps, in um, Interview with the Vampire. And this isn't to derail this at all, because it's no. really quite profoundly you get the side of the vampire and you get to sympathize with them as they're going through this horrible thing that they seem to have chosen. But this is the whole notion is because it's, um. this is why I think it's got that seductive nature, right? Of course. The werewolf didn't have when we discussed that, because aside from it feeling like a curse, this one is in fact seems to be chosen because, you know, when you get some, not only do you get bitten by the vampire but you must also then drink upon the vampire's blood itself so you both share this blood pact and then you go through a couple of days of being really quite uncomfortable as your body and soul more or less leaves you you know, it's not a pleasant thing.
1: And again, it's referenced brilliantly in the movie when Gary Oldman actually has trouble. You know, he, he offers, he cuts his body and he offers it yes. to, uh, to Mina and, you know, she begins to, you know, suckle upon his blood. And there's a moment when yeah. he goes, no, I can't do this to you. I love you too much. Yes. But he begins the whole thing process by grabbing her hand, placing it on his heart, and literally saying, there is no soul in this body. Yes,
0: that's right, man. You know,
1: and it's kind of a a really interesting scene, because it's going, look, you know, and she reacts, man. She's like, what, what, what? It's almost like it breaks the thrall for a moment, and she's like, what the hell are you? Like, (sighs) where'd you live? It's like, dude, what did you think he was? You, you, this, this, she didn't realize this, at all until that point. This you? cat wasn't normal. Like Yeah, that's right. Uh, and, yeah, and, and exactly. you know, just just done so well in that moment of going, I'm dead. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Cause that's not what it
0: seems like. It's actually death. You you part, you pass this and you're done for. That's it. You're not coming back, man. That's right. Um, Like, seriously. And so, that's the thing about the choice. That's what's most interesting about this more so. And um, whether it be through force, right? I mean, force as in literal force. Or the power of seduction is also quite a force. Yes. So, that's where we see this a lot. And seduced by the power and, you know, the regalness of the the whole situation. Thrall. Um, Literally, thrall. Literally the word thrall. Exactly. And then, you know, as I said, like, uh, all of a sudden you become thirsty for... No water will quench your thirst. No food will satiate that hunger. And you just don't really like the light all of a sudden. And you're going to stay indoors. And so that's what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but in other mediums too, like um, all you have to do is get bitten. That's it. Like a zombie sort of thing. And then yep. all of a sudden you're running around in 10 minutes and you're like, ah, oh, damn it, I'm a vampire bugger, bugger. You know, and that's sort of what goes on in a lot of ways in the southern Slavic folklore, um, which I think to make. Mildly crude assumption. Uh, we're probably all thinking of that sort of vampire, you know, inspired by Dracula and that sort of thing. The Transylvanian thing. It's it's pretty amazing I think isn't so. it, and I pretty think so. powerful. But the Slavic folk believe that the vampire passed through several distinct stages in development, and the first forty days are considered decisive for the making of a vampire. And so, apparently, it started out as some. Um, You as the creature start out as a shadow. And then as you gradually, gradually gain strength from the lifeblood of the living, you start forming up. Typically, this is kind of gross and I want to see your representation of this, as um, a jelly-like boneless mass. The body hasn't quite taken form yet. And before it becomes like, I know I want to see it, I do. Um, until it eventually builds up a human-like body identical to the person, uh, the one the person had in life. So, um, this development allowed the creature to ultimately leave its grave and then begin a new life. Thus, the vampire was born. So, that's another thing that I like, and I'm going to go off the cuff. Is there's generally a, uh, a progenitor. Is there not? There's generally yes. The, Here
1: we go again. Yeah, yeah,
0: the king of the vampires, or whoever that might be, the uh, the original one. Like, would like, um, like with werewolves as well. There's the original one, and until that one is done for, no one else is safe. It's that sort of simple, isn't it?
1: Absolutely, uh, yeah. And 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 you know, we have we have a lot of connection in this law to demonic mythology, um, and again, to be the guy that keeps goofily referring to the movie, um, there's a couple of shots where there's the weird blue flames that are just sitting um, above the uh, 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 the ground, which is actually, i doing a little bit of research on that, and there are actually, there's folklore and mythology in that region that what happens is that underneath those blue flames, which appear, you know, irregularly, is treasure, buried treasure. What? And so I know, right? Dude. And so um essentially the locals, if they see these blue flames, they run over, they 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 dig dig up the treasure and you know, they're going to Vegas, baby. They're rich. Yeah, However, yeah. the drawback is that the flames also attract demonic spirits. Of course they do. And so what happens is when when you go home, um, what you need to do is leave three pieces of coal. At the threshold or entrance to your home, otherwise the demons, you know, and the negative spirits can come into your house and have their way with you, sir. <laughs> um, which, which some some historians actually sort of posit that this might be the origins of the whole, you know, entry is invitational idea. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Bloody interesting. You know, and and again, again done wonderfully in the movie in terms of. When Harker, um, Keanu Reeves' character, first crosses the threshold into Dracula's home, it's done so well, my dude. There's a pan down and a real emphasis and some cool sound effects of just like woo as he just comes in, and then cut cutting back to Gary Oldman, his reaction just going, "I got you now, like you're mine." Welcome
2: to my home. Enter freely of your own will and leave some of the happiness you bring. Count Dracula. I am Dracula. And I bid you welcome, Mr. Harko, to my house
1: you know and he pauses in the doorway so it's almost like the reverse case but the same idea you know like uh, yeah, invitational yeah. entry only or or you know willingly signing over your agency to yeah, participate exactly. yeah um, so very interesting some of these ideas but but perhaps also have some of their origins in you know Demonology sort of ideas as yeah, well, man. Of
0: course, man. Of course, because I mean, it comes under sort of the banner of possession, yes. As well, though, doesn't it? You know. And um, what are the uh, what are those babes that he's got in there? The vampire babes that he uses. Some... Oh,
1: the, the three sisters. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's right. So here's his concubines that um, they're basically animals. They're full on. And Monica Bellucci is one of those. Um, those vampire babes, and um, they're terrifying, dude. And that's oh. the seduction thing, you know. And if you're presented with three attractive concubines in a in an old castle
1: where the only light is firelight, uh, what are you going to do, man? I mean... Well, I remember when it happened to me, and I was waylaid, so... Yes,
0: sir. Yes, I believe you would be. Wasn't home in time for brunch, I tells you. <laughs> no, no. I, 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 had to,
1: I had to write my fiance and tell her that the Count has insisted that I stay for another four weeks. <laughs> uh, and perhaps more, Mina. Yes. And, and look, is it okay now if I just mention one of the strange things about that movie? Is it okay? I want you to mention some things on this movie. I'm intrigued. And yes, give me some strangeness. <laughs> Well, this is a no-brainer for me, but again, on the rewatch, and I'm super curious to to hear your thoughts on this, the acting for the majority Hmm. is simply awful. Ah. (laughs) I don't know what to say. I don't know where to start. It's so exciting. (laughs) Now, by the majority, I mean in terms of pure numbers. Yes. So... <laughs> you know, when beautiful, wonderful Winona. I mean, Keanu obviously gets trashed. He gets the hardest trashing for this. And he has come out on record and it wasn't necessary. you know, because I'm, I'm a Keanu guy, dude. I'm a ride or die for Keanu. I'm
0: with you. Yeah. But
1: he did sort of mention, look, he'd just come off three big, you know, movies in a row and he, just, he really didn't want the role. He wasn't super keen for it. And I do think that that comes out in... Possibly what would be one of the most wooden performances I've this 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 guy's seen in in all his life, and I've you know I've watched some movies, my bro. It is quizzically strange.
2: I've seen many strange things already, bloody wolves chasing me through some blue inferno.
1: I wonder also if that comes down to the direction that he was getting from Francis Ford Coppola, but he's very very bad. I have offended
0: you with
2: my ignorance,
0: Count.
1: And he cannot do accents, dude.
0: It begs the question, doesn't it? Like, if if those are the takes that made it into the final cut, what were the other takes like? (laughs) Like, what hit the floor? Yeah, like seriously. Like, there's hours and hours of actual actual film on the floor, and it's just his horrible accent. I'm I love him. I love him to bits, and I don't think him doing a bunch of films is any excuse dude, because no. your job as an actor is to wake up in the morning and pretend to be someone else for a few hours and go back to bed. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. You're a professional pretender. A pretty yeah. cut and dry man. But it's
0: like, Oh dude, that was particularly bad.
1: <laughs> well, yes, you raise a valid point, but the point to my seemingly pointless tangent was that Winona doesn't do much better. Oh no. <laughs> her, her capacity, you know, I will say that she, her, her overall acting is better, is better. However, the the capacity for accents is 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 simply not there, sir.
2: Do I know you, sir? Are you acquainted with my husband? Shall I call the police?
1: Carrie Elwes and a couple of other, you know, the Rocketeer, and they're all just they're all just meh. This this really yeah, it's phoning it in. It is fascinating. Now juxtapose that, my friend, with the. The absolute thespian powerhouse performance that comes from Gary Oldman, and that comes from Anthony Hopkins. It is yes, yeah. I guess I I'm guessing that it's a tribute to the visual nature and the storytelling capacity of Francis Ford Coppola that it's tolerable. I can put up with it. I I, I just don't know what it is. Maybe I was in thrall.
0: <laughs> G-Man yeah. yes I believe you might have been but those guys backs a sore from carrying the rest of the cast and Hopkins is amazing like I've you know I even like upon the rewatch I almost because he hasn't come in for ages I almost forgot no. he was in the damn film but yes. Gary Oldman is that lecherous like fully weird makeup strange design choice in a way his hair is stupid when he is
1: the count at home but well when? the costume the costume designer I'll just jump in yeah, here yeah, yeah. The costume designer was, I believe, Japanese, like a like a well known Japanese costume designer um, that really was not familiar at all with the folklore and the ideas, okay. and that was a deliberate decision. So that wonderful red um, outfit that he's wearing when he first meets Keanu, if you really look at it, it's it's very Japanese like kimono, probably, yeah, anyway. it's very Japanese, yeah. and you know things things like the hairstyle. I will say. What stands up to me is that it's very, very convincing old guy makeup. The, That's the pretty good. Makeup grog. stands up, man, for 1992. Yeah, it really does. You know, and what traditionally suffers the most, I reckon, is old guy makeup. You know what I mean? I'm looking at you, Guy Pierce, in, you know, that. Oh, Prometheus, yeah. The other progenitor. Yeah. Film. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so just just really really interesting i just i just just can't get over it like that that first scene where he first arrives and and we did a soundbite in one of our earlier episodes and i'm assuming you're going to insert it here oh yes sir
2: an ancestor i see a resemblance
1: the order of the Dracul.
2: we dracools have a right to be proud What devil or witch was ever so great as Attila, whose blood flows in these
1: veins? But just that whole moment where, and again, this is a little peek into history, um, Dracula basically asserts that the Dracula line is related to Attila the Hun, um, which historians kind of, some historians sort of concur, others argue that it's not necessarily the case, but interesting. Pulls the sword out, you know, and just... It's just like he's doing a Shakespearean role. And yeah, Keanu just sits there, wooden, hardly moves. Yes. Count, I have offended you with my ignorance. It's just like, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> no. dude. Oh. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K, Ted. <laughs> <It's> Whoa. So-
0: <laughs> Yo, so crazy. It's like. Yeah. That's, that's the thing, that's the thing with Winona as well, when you mentioned that. Like these are two California surfer dudes, yeah. Kenyano and Winona. Like that's that's it, isn't it?
1: Oh, seriously. Oh my yeah. lord. You know, you know. Um and and I think while while I uh while I'm giving accolades for acting, the other one is the wonderful and unpredictably good Tom Waits in the role of Renfield. God. Dude, yeah. Like, from out of nowhere, man. Oh, he's fantastic in this, too, man. Will you care for old Dr. or No, thank you, Mr. Redfield.
0: How are you feeling tonight? Far oh, better than you, my lovesick doctor. Yeah, just like, he wow. was fantastically lunatic, wasn't he? Like, oh, just spot on. And the wonderful actress who played Lucy. She
1: is so Absolutely. sultry
0: and full-on, dude. Like, she gets herself into a wealth of trouble. And, um, yeah, she's just fantastic, man. Absolutely. But that's an interesting... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sadie, Sadie yes. Frost. Now, that's an interesting thing that I want to chuck up while I'm thinking of it, dude, is that scene there. Um, Dracul himself, who has at this point left the castle um, in his stead, appearing in London to do his foul work, where... On the streets and in, sedu- in seduction mode, looks rather handsome if you don't mind me saying. But absolutely, with the those round glasses, man. That's dope. right, exactly. The top hat, looking real regal. Um, but the scene where he sort of uh, has his way with um, Lucy, um, he transforms into a beast. And into a wolf, very much so. Yep, doesn't he? A wolf man sort of thing, and so we get this other, this whole other aspect that I'd completely forgotten of too, bro. It's like, what the flying hell happened there? He's now a wolf. What is happening? So there's this alternate transformation, and that's sort of like I'm, I'm ticking this checkbox here that I started the show with. We've got slender and pale, blah blah blah, but the transformation of uh, into a hu- humanoid and a bat. Dude also changed into Wolf, man. Like, it's Absolutely. It's crazy. At, hey? at
1: one point, you know, when he when he changes, he becomes like a, a full body of rats that just all fall apart That's and right, drop to yes. the floor. And the other interesting thing, which, which I'm not sure if you picked up, but, I, I mean, I had to whip out the pause button to do it. He actually has hairy palms. So at the start of the movie, um, and it's a very distinct shot of his hands, with with uh, you know, with Jonathan Harker looking down at his hands for a moment and noticing he has hair on the palms of his hands, really, which comes from more werewolf lore. So you know, there's a whole bunch of werewolf lore that could that, that suggested that you knew who someone, you know, who. Was a werewolf when they were in human form because traditionally they had hair on their palms. That so also suggests something else. Well, I knew you were going to go there, and I left it open. And you sure? <laughs> you See, you that was a slight
0: window. I had to force that one.
1: That was invitational. I asked <laughs> you, you in. Thank you. You set it up, and I'll uh, gently push them over. Thank you very much, sir. So that that was really interesting too, and I'd never noticed that before. But it's distinct and it's there. It's just like, oh yeah. wow, he's got hairy palms. Hey, listen, and you know,
0: while I'm thinking of that, I just, I've, I've stumbled on something that I'd want to tell you about. It's, um, okay. Um, it's, we can come back to the film in just a sec because I, I do want to talk about what we believe, um, like one of the prime inspirations for Dracula actually is, or who actually is. And I'm really looking forward to doing this because it scared the hell out of me. Oh, yeah, we've got
1: to. We've got to.
0: Indeed. Indeed. And it's it's absolutely crazy what goes on. And it's um,
1: the man, the myth, the legend. We mentioned it in a couple of episodes ago.
0: Oh, I won't blow it. I'll talk about this first. <laughs> anyway, I want to talk about the first, the first written, um, recorded, uh, Thing about an actual inverted commas actual vampire. Yeah, you see. Yeah, I had to. Yeah, yeah. I've gotten good at this after this amount of time now. You know, I think I've really committed to some definite's in the past on this program, and now I'm really covering my bases here. (laughs) So he's this fella. He's this fella, right? Um, He's in Croatia, uh, and it's uh, 1656. Good year. Good year to be a peasant in the villages of the the Slavic regions, um, and his name is. I mean, it's pretty rough, dude. Already, what okay. fun! <laughs> oh, I tell you what, if the. Vampires don't get you; the rats will. Oh, the plague! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or that just your bloody lord will come by and clock you on the head with a mace he's just invented. And so internet
1: just... internet speeds were notably bad back then, dude. It was like ADSL one. <sighs> they only had Nokia thirty two tens. Yeah, people got sick of playing Snake. Dude, they got good at it, though.
0: You know? <laughs> oh, really wow. good at it. <laughs> and how. <laughs> and how. Um, but this fella was named Jura Grando. And what a bold name that is. Grando. It is a bold name. That's a funny little tale that is properly recorded. And legend tells that for 16 years right after this fella's death, he's already dead in this story. This is a great way to start a tale. Um, he oh. would arise, right? This is, this is where half of these motifs come from. He would arise from his grave by night and terrorize the village. I hate by, that. I know this, dude. And by terrorize, what he would do was some he would maim. He would always be lurking and scratching and doing that boogeyman thing outside on a dark and stormy night. Of course he was. Um, when the village priest, his name was Giorgio. Jura, um, who had buried him, right? Who had buried Jura sixteen years previously? Discovered that at night, and clearly not very well. Well this is well. He did, and I'll t- this is how this happens. Um, <sighs> discovered that somebody at night would be cruising around the village, knocking on doors, and on whichever door that he knocked, someone from that house would die in the next few days. So he's casing Gosh. up the job, right? I know, he's casing it out. So, Grando also appeared to his terrified widow in her bedroom (sighs) over and over and over again, who described the corpse as looking as though he was smiling and gasping for breath. And then he would just have his way with her. Oh. This is horrible stuff, dude. This is not a good good person. It sounds like he's pretty ordinary in life, too. But um, the bravest, right? This one night, the bravest of the villagers, led by a prefect named Miho Radetic, chased and tried to kill the vampire. This guy, whom they didn't know was a vampire, but how they tried to do it was jam a stick through his heart. A hawthorn stick, my guy. And that's what they... This is the same stuff that... Joseph thrust into the ground and found a spot for the Holy Grail and the same stuff that's made of Jesus. You know, it's a holy bush,
1: a holy bush, yes. a yes. mess of holy bush. But I'm not going to say anything. I, I left that one for you and you just no, I'm the not, door. I will not come in.
0: Not yet, not yet. So what he did then, right? Oh, um, well, that's right. The guy was chasing the dude down, pierced him in the heart, but bounced off. The stick just bounced off, right? And so a night later, he got a posse. He got nine of his best men in the village. And they chased down um, where they thought he might be. And we went to the graveyard. Of course they did, carrying lamps and a cross and another Hawthorne stake. And they dug up the coffin and they found a perfectly preserved corpse. This fella, right, who'd been getting up and down at nighttime um, with a big old smile on his face. And... After some, they tried to exercise him, like, you know, the demon possession sort of thing. And, um, ah, oh, well, sorry.
1: Oh, yeah. I thought you they took him through like a high intensity interval training workout, a little those, jog, yeah. kettlebells, took him yeah. Pilates workout. Because that to yeah. me would be a nightmare. If you just wake me up and make me do that, I'm not, yeah. Yeah. Do the plank. or you don't get to go back to
0: bed. It's that simple. Exactly. Yeah, 38 seconds.
1: Good luck. God um, damn it. And so
0: they. Tried to stab him again, right? And the stick just bounced off. So this steak oh. thing really isn't working. It's not matching up, right? But Bad sticks. Did they did they sharpen them? I think so. Yeah, I think they did. But Bad sticks. inevitably what they did was like, hey, bugger it. Let's get an axe, right? At saw I mean. And they sawed his head off, bro. They sawed it straight off. And as soon as the skin started to tear, the vampire got up and started attacking them all. With it no head. No, he was still sort of attached as soon as they started oh, cutting. Okay. He was angry about it. And then eventually they took the head off. Perfectly reasonable way to, um, to sort out a vampire, really, I think. And then what they did was they burned the body and they took the head away and burned the head. Yeah. So, yeah. And do you know what happened? He never bothered them again. Of course he didn't. Con- conflict resolution. Resolved, bro. That's how you take it, man. You take a guy's head off, that really sorts it out. And that's what we discussed. Um, I to, I'll talk a little bit later on a few ways that we can, if you find yourself in a situation, we can, in fact, dispatch these uh, foes if you ever find yourself in a vampiric conflict. Love it. Love um, it. Who knows, it might happen. But perhaps, um, should, we, should we talk on, on, on this guy just a little bit, this fella that I've been dying to talk about?
1: The big the big V. The big V? Yeah, yeah. What do you reckon? Of course. All right. Okay.
0: Well, really, this is where Bram Stoker sort of took a whole lot of his um, inspiration from. And he really was the first one to sort of tie in the whole idea of a very particular man from Wallachia. Um, and this is Vlad III, otherwise known as Vlad the Impaler, otherwise known as Vlad Dracula. Now, he was uh, a real guy. He really, really it was. He was an and actual... He, And he lived from 1431 till 1476. Now, the 15th century was a gruesome place, as we know. Tough. It was tough. It was very, very, very tough, my guy. And what's interesting, too, what we need to know is um, Dracula, where that comes from. His name was Dracula. But it's um, Dracul. His dad was uh, Vlad Dracul, which is Dragon, Dracula, son of the dragon. That's right. Ah, This is how it is. This is what we're talking about. And so, he was the second son right, um, of Dracul of Wallachia, um, a county. It's a county in Romania. The three big provinces were in Romania at that time in the mid-15th uh, century. Yeah. And it was a very tumultuous time. Um, the Ottomans, right, they had a bit of an empire going on. It was pretty amazing. They were absolutely crushing it. And – um it was absolutely nuts. And there was, of course, the Saxons on the, uh, the north and the west. So they're stuck in the middle with Vlad, our poor little Vlad. And he was captured and imprisoned by the Ottomans, who wished to secure his father's loyalty, which it really did. It absolutely worked. We will kill your son unless you do what we say. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Nothing like a good capturing, I've always said. My mum said that. And uh, she's right. And this was at the time the Ottoman Empire was crushing it, as I said, and they were acquiring states left, right, and center with vigor and by any other means necessary.
1: I think it's important to state here that when you say crushing it, they literally were crushing it.
0: Well, yeah, man, they basically entered the Byzantine Empire Yeah, and uh, yeah. inherited all of their land. Yeah, in, yeah, like, yeah. The whole place. Ha! Huh. Succession! How good is that? Now, you all do what we say. Full on, my guy, full on. And so they're acquiring... Uh, you know, most of their realm through the power of capture and slaughter and crush, 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 and it seemed to really work. And shortly after that, Vlad's father um, and his eldest brother were assassinated by the very people that captured them, and it wasn't very good. Now, this really pissed Vlad off, and this is where some of the crazy shit goes down, man. Um, And a little bit upon his childhood, his character, this is Vlad. um, Hey, man, he was a messed up dude. Yes, he was experimenting and exploring with all sorts of different methods of just idiocy and cruelty. So apparently, he'd he'd torture creatures, you know, and he'd skin rats while they're alive, and he'd just, yes. he'd, you know, like a like a year eight science thing, he'd pin a rat to a thing and look at how they work, just for fun. This is our little Vlad, um, a real freaky dude, and also when he sort of attained power a little bit later on, um, anyone who had posed him. Uh, he would just go straight to the worst things you can think of. And this, this is where I will give a little preface that this isn't really dinner time listening what I'm going to be talking about. It's Absolutely gross, and it would be remiss of me not to mention some of this, and I would rather do that. So if you're slightly squeamish, give me five minutes and come on back because this is messed up.
1: And it's also a good time to note because we do have some listeners that tend to listen with kids within earshot. This would be the time to put on your headphones.
0: (laughs) Yep. Give us five minutes and I'll get through this. So what he would do was, the dude's name is The Impaler. Yeah, and we discussed it a few episodes ago, and I posed the question. So
1: what he he drove round in a Chevy Impala? Yeah, that was hundred percent. That's where the name comes from.
0: But I did ask the question months and months ago. Like, how how many people do you have to impale to be called the Impaler? Sure, it's a lot, and we'll get onto that. It's a a lot. What he would do was, like, he would seriously torture and the most incredible methods possible, and. Jesus, it worked, man. And I will go back to there, but his very first recording of impaling, this is where he first got the taste for it, was when these, uh, apparently this is the story, that these two monks were bothering him in some sort of way. They didn't do anything that he wanted to do. And so he just thought straight up he was going to help them get to heaven. And his method of getting them to heaven was to impale them. And Mm. allegedly what happened was their donkey, their little pack donkey, wouldn't stop braying because their master's just been slain. He impaled that too, and it just kept going. Now, his methods of impaling go at the worst way oh. you can imagine. It's, it's up, the pooper. It's a stick yeah. up inside you. and you, yeah. And what happens with that one is he ensures, he is a sick, sick man. He ensures that you are still alive when that happens. And over the course of a few days, yeah. you slide further down because you've got no choice. It's of wretched. He also invented this really whack mechanism, and what he'd do is he'd get a... This is horrible. Remember the five-minute warning I gave you all? Now's really the time. Is a, a cauldron. Yep, headphones. He gets a cauldron and lights a fire underneath it, and he puts his victims in it, but he's got this particular ma- thing that he made. It's this thing that he... Uh, this wooden... You know those things that you punish the. the yeah, you know, th- I know. That's right. Just the head. Yeah, Hunt, yeah, yeah Like a like stock. A stock. I yeah. What I'm to think of he's got a stock in this thing, and what he does is apparently it amused him greatly because if you boil a person like that with their head hanging out, their eyes pop out. And the th- eyes explode. The eyes. Yeah, they just explode. Yeah, yeah and I don't yeah. really know how that. That's uh, how that's entertainment, but he found it fascinating and would keep doing it. But. Um, Yes, it, it was really quite messed up. And some of the methods I won't even mention. It's got to do with, you know, women's parts and all this horrible stuff that he really would experiment with. Um, but what's um, seriously messed up is this, is this was the big one. Um, if you actually want to Google some of this stuff, do it. Have a little, make sure you haven't got some dindins on or anything like that because it's fascinating. I'd say don't do it. (laughs) How someone can be this messed up and get away with it, mind you. But one of the things that I need to say here is he did get the moniker, the Impaler, for a very particular reason. It wasn't just these reasons that I've mentioned, but the big one. He somehow there was the Ottomans were on the march and they were on the way to Wallachia, his home province, and they wanted to take it because he was a nut and he, they didn't need him, right? So the Ottomans were on their way. But what he did was somehow he infiltrated the invading Ottoman army camp at night and he captured 5,000 Ottoman soldiers and 15,000 others, you know, like cooks and slaves and all this other. He took them all and he impaled. Every single one of them. 20,000 people did he impale along this road to Wallachia as a deterrent for the Ottoman invaders. This literally became aptly known as the Forest of the Impaled. And what he would do was he would literally put his table and chairs in the middle of it and he would dine as these whales and bodies were around him. Now, Jesus Christ does not live here anymore because it's Vlad that's here. And he killed 60,000 people um,
1: in his reign, dude. That's a lot of people when there's only 100,000 people in your province. And it's interesting because, if I can just jump in here, it's, it's actually depicted at the beginning of the movie. So when Vlad leaves Mina... Yeah, it's very clearly at night. And it's believed um, that this is a depiction of the the night attack of Vishtay, which is what you're referring yes. to. Yeah. Um and so a very interesting idea again with you know Frankie Ford just going, look, I'm actually going to kinda leaf between the book and also because this is quite a well established I guess you'd say legend, local legend, or, or, or even yeah, more yeah. than that. You know, it's history. And so, yeah, he leaves Mina on clearly, and it's late in the evening because this attack was quite a, gee, am I about to give this bloody Fruit Loop a, a bloody uh, compliment? <laughs> uh, it was a very skillful guerrilla-style attack on, a, on an mm. army that was, you know, mostly unsuspecting. The film took a liberty because he sort of defeats everyone and comes home in this he doesn't defeat everyone but that wasn't the point my friend this is how sinister this guy was he yeah. wanted the sultan to be able to come back and and have to travel through what is literally listed in 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 the history books as forest a forest of thousands so yes um you know here we have some really sinister similarities between Bastard dictators and empires, you know. This is this is akin to the Romans, you know, and those long, yes. long lines of crucified uh, victims, you know. It's it this is this is like I really want you to see this. This is rubbing rubbing yeah. the nose right in it.
0: And dude, it worked is the point. The Ottomans bug it off. They did. Until his demise later in 76, 1476, seventy six that is, he got killed in battle. Yeah. But I mean the, the no, I'm not trying to excuse any of what he did, but the dude, he was already messed up, but he did have the Saxons pushing from the west and the North. These are dude, this is most of Europe, you know. And yeah. the Ottomans coming up from the south. This is not good. He's not going well and they both have eyes on that
1: prize. If you look at if you look at Romania, you know that the military term is you're just pinched. You've got yes, you've got, right. you know, this is this is Germany in World War 2 again, you know, a war on two fronts. This is not what you do. Yep. You, this is and, to be stopped at all costs. He does
0: not have an army
1: that can even closely match
0: any of them. So his tactics need to be as ruthless as possible to freak him out. And by God, it did. And so that's where this whole moniker comes from of him being a vampire. So it's accordingly, like, he drank the blood too and he did all this other shit. And I'm pretty sure he probably did, man. Yes. You know, like this is the thing. And the f- look, man, dining amongst your victims... Like, that says a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, what you're witnessing around you, the screams, blah, 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 isn't only just disgusting you, but it's, in fact, doing the opposite.
1: It's nourishing you. What a... You know
0: what? I will have my roast dinner down here.
1: What an episode of Kitchen Nightmares, though. (laughs) Yes. What (laughs) is... Amongst the corpses, Stephanie? Oh, no. What is (laughs) this? Look at that. No. (laughs) You know, like, come on. Vlad. Vlad. Big boy. Listen up, okay? (laughs)
0: You don't boil the head in the cauldron.
1: (laughs) Oh, you do, you do. No. Oh, the cauldron's too hot. Look at that.
0: (laughs) But uh, after all this sort of happened, like, um, Strigori and vampires uh, were written in poems. And this really amazing poem written about... Vlad the Impaler, and about his deeds. And I just want to read this one little thing about oh, it. Dear. It's, um, oh, dear. Well, I do. I do. It's, I love it. Funny, I love a poem about Impalers. Yes, I know. This is a man named Mihai Eminasku, Um And this is the third letter. Right, and he says... You must come, O oh Dread Impaler, confound them to your care, split them into two partitions, oh. here the fools, the rascals, there, shove them into two enclosures from the broad daylight and island. then set fire to the prison and the lunatic asylum.
1: Oh. Uh you know, he wasn't okay, this guy. Man. That's a lot better than there was a young man from Horsham. That's how it started. That was the <laughs> second letter. You missed that
0: one. <laughs> I, I did, neglected that one. We'll
1: there uh, was now. a young prince from Horsham who took <laughs> out his stakes to Worsham. Or oh, <laughs> the no. young Neil from <laughs>
0: Warwick <working> the <meal>. <laughs> <laughs> Shut
1: oh, up, Neil. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Sorry God. to any listener we
0: have named Neil. That was very rude. I apologize. But so, yeah, look, man, he became... Just through dread alone, one of the most powerful and influential, like, bloodthirsty, tyrannical rulers that Europe has ever had. Um, And sheerly through desperation, man, you know, and being really sick in the
1: head. Yeah, yeah, just, I mean, that... That's, a, that's not only – that breaks hearts and minds. That is – I mean, can you imagine? I can't – I literally can't. Like, uh, you know, and I, I, I'm a sick bastard, but I yeah. can't imagine that. Like, a forest of that. The devastation, the smells, the sounds, the sights. one that's horrifying. 20,000?
0: That's beyond belief. It must have been a hell of a thing.
1: And I think, I think what is interesting, again, to just geekily, you know, reference the, the film. Because to me, G-Fresh – the first, I don't know what it is, when we're covering this history, it's almost a prologue in the film. Yeah. It's just stunning the way they they cover this. They do it quickly, but they do it so effectively. You get a lot done in a short time, they didn't they? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, really, and really, I mean, the use of shadow puppets to tell this most menacing story. Dude, it's so rad. And there's so many cool little bits in it, man. again... As always, we encourage the listener, now that you've done this historical rollicking ride with us, go back and watch the movie because there are little bits in it that I just would, I would have missed the first time. Um, For example, there's a moment when the official seal, quote official seal, of the Order of the Dragon is used when he's signing a document. And as we know... um, you know, the Order of the Dragon, if we look into the history there, that was a true military order founded in 1408, man, by Sivis von Luxemburg, who was a, you know, a really late in the era emperor of the Holy Roman Empire. Yeah, um, dude. You know, these little moments are just absolutely um, I- incredible. And, of course, man, this is bookended by Mina's suicide which, of course, you probably would have seen in your research, I I was really interested to find that this is actually, again, a historical event. Um, So, Mina's suicide is based on the legend of Vlad's first wife. Mm, mm. And so, while Vlad was away, and, and talk about another interesting use of psyops, in a way, of, you know, trying to really psych someone out, the enemy... Fired. So the the idea is it's a it's a you know single single individual. So you know covert sort of ops um, fires an arrow directly into her living quarters because she was in the castle and Vlad was out doing his vlading. Um, and the basically the arrow had a message just saying oh, and it was under the guise I think of one of their messengers or their runners saying that um, basically the Ottomans are going to sack the castle. And this is the night. Um, the Ottomans are coming. It's it's all it's all got out of control. They're coming to sack the castle tomorrow morning. And so you know, good things did not happen to cap- captured uh, individuals, particularly um, regal women. Um, and so yeah, rather than be captured, man, she she jumped off off the edge. Desperate times, though. And the river, the river actually became for a while, it was named by the locals as the Ladies River. Yeah, so that right. That's good knowledge. I like that. Yes, man. So isn't that isn't that really interesting? So again Slight artistic license, you know, in terms of, you know, Frankie Ford saying, look, you know, she got a message that Vlad was dead, but very interesting, man. But
0: the dude's done his homework and that's what it comes across, man. Exactly. That's that's what gives it that flave, you know. And, you know, just off the cuff, I'd like to just you know, pay homage, I think, to someone whom I think is also had been inspired. But there's a young fella in a little film called Ghostbusters Two called Vigo the Carpathian. Viggy, Viggy, Viggy. You have been a bad monkey. He's so good, man. But yeah, he's sort of like completely been inspired as well, A bit like bit by uh Vlad and the um and also his method of being dispatched, which is a nice little segue into Dispatching. But um, you know, it's like Rasputin. He was, you know well, Vigo in particular had that moniker of being stabbed, shot, poisoned, hung, drawn and courted, and he's still
1: alive yes. somehow. Yes. You know. Yes. Evil, evil, yes. evil. I believe he was the historical origin of the uh, tagline, the man they couldn't root shoot or electrocute. I could be wrong, but I thought that was you. <laughs> uh, well, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> <What>? Two <laughs> out of three ain't bad. But I think, here's a, I mean, if I segue momentarily on go top on, of, go. can I segue on top of your segue? Do it, man. I'm going to segue all yeah. over your segue. Right over it, man. You whipped out a segue. Well, here's Show mine. Show me yours. There great. it is. But, I, d- dude, I just think... I think it's a much maligned movie, but I go back and I watch that, and it's not—it's not awful. It have? has a, uh, Ghostbusters too. Oh, it's it, great! Come on, it come has on. its I moments. You know, yeah. yes, shooting them with slime and then playing—you know—music is—it's a bit of a, a, a divergent path, but hell of a song though. The whole Vigo story arc and the picture and everything. Yeah, yeah. And again, by the way, use of thrall again. You know what I mean? Like staring yeah, into the totally. picture. Like totally. like Dan, a- Dan Aykroyd's moment was just so t- good.
0: Look, and that was kind of scary as a little kid watching that. I'm like, oh, geez, there's some possession. And it was
1: pretty much It was up, super scary, man, especially when his face was changing. Dangling and there and it's not good. Yeah. yeah, I know, yeah. It looked like some kind of like possessed spud. It was full on. Anyway. End of we need we need a we need a little sound effect. End of digression.
0: <laughs> yeah, we got to make that. Actually. <laughs> yeah, wailing the guitars, and then at
1: least what you just did—that was good, actually. I yeah, think. Yeah, sorry, a spat. That was unrelated, but um, it is it is it is a fascinating to watch that intro. It it is akin to me. Here's a dramatic parallel for you: that intro, that prologue, goes down in my you know, top five prologues. It's right up there with the prologue at the start of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. It's a biggie. Um, That's a biggie. Do you know what I mean? It's just a lovely bit at the start of the movie that you kind of forget. Dude, culminating in the incredible scene when he comes back and jabs the sword right into the middle of the cross and it's just- That's pretty badass, man. Yeah. And finally, I, I think I made some sense of the fact that Anthony Hopkins is the priest. I reckon it was just an artistic nod to say that their perhaps their souls had always been intertwined or related karmically. Yeah. I don't know.
0: I mean that's a kind of whole other thing too, isn't it? They would be like, you know, eternally battling. This is these two characters, the good versus evil thing, and they're just gonna do their roles, man. You know? Yeah, it's an interesting thing. Yeah, good yeah, pick yeah. Up, actually. Good yeah. pickup. Thank you. Speaking of picking up, I like picking up um tools to battle my enemies with. Not a bad
1: segue. Eh. <laughs> that wasn't too bad. <laughs> that was okay. <laughs> oh, maybe not a great segue. Eh. <laughs> hey man, shut up, dude! Remember when you segued
0: on top of my segue and I didn't mind?
1: And dude, know. I, I last time I was in a segue, I had nearly broke my wrist. Those are yeah, terrible. Yeah. I hate them. We're- past our age you know
0: half past the time of games, anyway. what a stupid idea anyway dumb idea i thought the future was over when those things happened. well that's it we're done end we're of digression <laughs> and done so if you do want to dispatch and this will blend nicely into i did want to just just wail on a few things from from dusk till dawn in a second oh man um, and it's mostly about methods of dispatching right and so what we know works <gasps>
1: pop culturally oh.
0: Oh, oh God! What happened?
1: Are you going to refer to the sex, the sex machine, gun penis with the barrels for the testicles? Is that the one you're going gonna- to? You let me get there. Oh, sorry. Let me get there.
0: <laughs> sorry. We- yes, I am. I am because it seems to work. But we'll talk about that in a sec. So classically, yeah. classically, right? We're talking. All right, fine. Old school. Jab, jab. Stake through the heart. That sort of works. You know, you find a vampire's lair where it's sleeping. You, you, you know, you wake it up and you stab it in the heart. It wakes up. Wow, it doesn't wake up right?
1: Actually, I have a question. Oh, Jesus. Yes.
0: Yes. The urchin in the front row. Yeah. Yeah. Hello.
1: Put (laughs) your pants back on. Uh, If that dude that you referred to before was the first vampire, how did they know to stake him in the heart? They just had to, they didn't. They just, they didn't work. Ah.
0: Yeah. They they eventually sawed his head off. Yep. Yep. Okay. That comes through to the second one. Okay. Which is very nicely, is decapitation. Yes. And we talked about that with a vampire too, like, you know, decapitating with a silver sword, how to get them. But you also pointed out very nicely, what is the difference between doing it with a damn silver sword or just a regular sword? The head comes off. Yeah. As long as you see. Anyway, so that's a whole thing. So some decapitation. It appears that um, vampires aren't immune to fire. <laughs> you can burn them, which is pretty rad. You know, if you've got some zippos around and a bit of lighter fluid, you're laughing. Yeah. Cruiser fixes, Holy water, um, they may not destroy, but they can definitely deter. I will discuss that in just a second with the, uh, from Dust Till Dawn. As I said earlier, brick and stone, right, in a mouth, if you find them, you just jam one of those in their mouths and you either break their teeth or they can't chomp down and they don't think to get it out of there. Oh, Absolutely not. I, I don't know. I'm going to call
1: BS on that one. No, but that's if
0: we're talking about...
1: Nah, that's that's, if, that's crazy. They'll just take it out with their
0: hands, dude, that's man. That's if they're the stupid ones. We're talking like the the beastie ones that don't have that
1: much cognition, right? Like the John C. Riley ones in (laughs) Step Brothers.
0: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, exactly. How am I going to get this out? Wow. Whoa. One of the, and and of course the uh, other protection of evils, the uh, atropaics would be the uh, garlic or the cross or the rosary or that stuff that doesn't really kill them. But um, there's something funny, actually, that I did find. And across some parts of Europe and China alike, grain or poppy seeds, right? You place that around mm, opium. the coffin, indeed. You place all that around the coffin or the gravesite. And it's thought that these vampires, especially the Chinese ones, have arrhythmomania. Now, this is an OCD condition that they require. That's to where count. they can't find the beat. Oh, this is where they get the count from. They actually have to count everything around them. So, if you got a bunch of poppy seeds, they're like, oh, "I'm coming." Oh, one, two, Jesus, a lot of them, three, and they just do that. Until I've it's heard daytime, that before, it's crazy. Actually. They need to count, so there's, that's where the counter, uh, count, uh, from Sesame Street comes
1: in. Uh, 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 one vampire uh, killer, two vampire killers. Uh, uh, killer. right. I love the to count. He was just really high, dude, Do you know what I mean? Dude. If you go back and you watch the footage, he's like,
0: ah, ah, <laughs> three ah, candles ah. on this Like
1: whenever, whenever I've been three sheets to the wind, my laugh shot slows. <laughs>
0: the, ah, <laughs> ah, 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 <laughs> you know, oh, Galen. Yeah, you might be right. But Jim Henson, bro, he must have had a good time. He's a guy
1: I want to go to Vegas with. Yes,
0: yes. He can get you three of whatever you like. Yeah, (laughs) he can count cards. He can count cards. (laughs) Okay, we'll put that to the um, <laughs> three cards but the methods of dispatching and what's great they have so much fun with it in like as a John Carpenter's vampires as well with uh, James Woods oh. it's not sla- slappy flash like from Dusk Till Dawn is where Harvey cartel and uh, George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino before he turns into a vampire and Juliet Lewis and the little kid who dies they all they've got like holy water. And filling balloons, right? And in super soakers. So they're walking around the room and hosing down these vampires. Makes sense. Cutting them. It's cutting and burning into the man. It's absolutely rad. Making a cross out the, of a shotgun. And, and the,
1: s- the steak gun. Yeah, yeah it's right, so yeah. good. And it like,
0: yeah, goes, whoop, whoop, whoop. No one can see what I'm yeah. doing, but it does that. Yeah. Um, it did, yeah, it was great. <laughs> I saw it and it was thank worth you, it. Man, thank you. Um, yes. And of course, then the probably one of the most incredible characters that's ever been introduced in the entire. Variety of films is the fella named Sex Machine, who's got yeah. a well penis how gun. We call it yeah,
1: penis, penis gun. And, yeah. yeah,
0: So when he's in peril, um, he's got a a penis and balls. Has a gun.
1: Gun. And he shoots yeah. him in
0: the face with that. Yeah. And that's uh that first appear where that come from. That was from another I think it was like El Mariachi or um one of Robert Rodriguez's other things. That's a wink at something yeah. else too and I can't quite remember what it is, but yeah, Oh yeah. man, but that is such a good example and they work at sunlight outside and you can shoot the walls and there's you know, sunlight coming in and you. oh, it's great. Yeah, great. Yeah. And it's bloodthirsty as hell and Selma Hayek is a good actress oh that's so you know good. what I'm, she's such a good actress
1: so good yeah just like the best yeah and uh the reference at the end which i absolutely adored that it was actually just a front and the back of it's just an ancient like mine temple it. and there's that's just it. you yeah. know bodies and it was like oh that is a wonderful yeah. It's an
0: ancient cursed place from yeah whomever that yeah. might be the Mayans or the Aztecs. Crazy man. Yeah, yeah. Gee, yeah. I love that. And you know what? Yeah. When I first saw that, my brother, that was sort of late at night, and I was having a little sleepover at a friend's house because this was in nineteen ninety six, and I was still yeah. doing that. And yeah. um, I still do that. What am I talking about, man? We play video games and eat <laughs> Doritos all the time. But yeah. put this on about ten at night and started coming on. It's like it's a it's a heist film. It's a it's a road movie. You know. Clooney and Tarantino are trying to get away and they steal an RV and all this. And so I was like, I'm still entertained. This is pretty damn great. Then they get to this bar in the middle of nowhere where they're meeting this guy, played by Cheech Marin, who plays like three characters in it, called the Tee Twister Bar. What a great bar. Yeah, I know. Um, And then it becomes a vampire film out of nowhere. Dude, knocked my socks off. It was crazy. And then it's just gratuitous over the top. And I had a lot of cornstarch, I think, in that. You know yep. cornstarch blood. Lots of, <laughs> yes, yes, oh, right, yes, yes. Geez, yes. I had a lot of blood. It was so good. Um, oh,
1: it was just a masterpiece, man. And and again, like you said, it was it was hidden. Like uh, you yeah. just didn't know. You didn't know that was coming. And man, massive, massive props have to be given. It's my favorite George Clooney role in yeah, ever. man. Um, it's incredible. He was
0: still doing ER then too, bro. He's still like the heart.
1: Absolutely, dude. It yeah. was. His first cinematic role. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, if you if you look at the 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 writing and the filmmaking combination that these guys were to become, that scene, and and you know the one I'm gonna talk about, but yeah. that scene oh. where Clooney has left Richie, you know, Seth Seth has left Richie alone in the hotel room with the with the woman, and it's all done classical psycho shower scene style Mm, mm. in that, you know, because we know in the shower scene in Psycho, we never see a a knife touch a body once, you know. There's no direct impacts. There's only shadows. There's only innuendo, yeah. And then, of course, Um, but we don't see much really. And it's the same here, but his acting, it's all the point of, you know, reverse camera shot, point of view angle of his facial reactions and quick flashes to just blood sprayed on the wall. And, and, you know, dude, it's shots of, and he's looking up at the ceiling and he's reacting and he's cringing and he's clearly, you know, Richie's clearly torn this chick asunder Um Incredible, man. That's where I was just like, I like this guy. I can't take my eyes off this guy. Yeah. Didn't give two yeah. hoots about him in ER. Um, just became and you know, it just became an A-list acting powerhouse.
0: Almost straight off, man. Hey, 100 percent You know,
1: and 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 it's yeah. kind of a it's kind of a you know, it's kind of a brave a brave move. But yeah, dude, you know, Tarantino, his acting, acting his acting is really well, you know, the whole shot in the hand sort of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, the, the, um, the opening, the opening scene, that was the first time I'd ever really known to my knowledge, seen Michael Parks. And it was just like, who's this compelling, yeah. compelling. He was co- that's a good scene too. Texan, yeah. you know, guy here. Um, yeah, man, you know, John Saxon, you know, makes a, makes a, uh, makes an appearance. Kelly Preston, like it's, it's yeah. St- and Danny Trejo, man, oh, come dude, on, come on, You've gotta have Danny Trejo, and and of course, you know, you can't not mention Harvey Keitel, but um, you know, that's that's just a masterpiece, but uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things where, um, I don't know, it divides communities. Surprise, surprise. I, I I find I've had a lot of people who just don't like that movie, but I don't talk to them,
0: and that's okay, you know. No, it's and, not okay. You know, it's nah, not okay. You, Christmas is never the same again after all that, man. Like seriously. Hey, so I reckon we're at the pointy end of the show, and I'd like to just uh, sort of... <laughs> the staked like end of that? the show. You like that? Uh, I did. the fang relation as well. I like, uh... like, got it all. I got it yeah. all. Yeah, yeah. It's a combo. Um, so I just want to have a couple of little, um, if you don't mind, steering the crazy bus back to shore and probably oh, sort of wind up a little. Neither of us has a um, license, so we should. Uh, yeah, they're after us, man. The Coast Guard's not fine. Oh, I don't think this is our bus. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We shouldn't be out of that asylum. What are we doing? Yeah. Um, but a couple of possible actual... Explanation. So it's a great idea to be able to explore uh, what this thing is, but actually yeah, they trying yeah, to get 100%. some real grounded understanding about what potentially- This is the water cooler conversation. What we're talking about, bro. So yeah. one of the big ones, really, one thing that might explain some of this, and we discussed psychopathy in the were, were, werewolfies, right? That could be a lunacy sort of idea about unbridled beast power. But yeah, yeah, yeah. During um This time in Slavic and a lot of European sort of not a very clean place, right, and there were people being bitten by things like fleas that had infections, rabies, right? being one of them. Yes. Now that's madness. like rabies through folklore is crazy. and so what that does is it gives you hypersensitivity, which means that you have an aversion to strong things, smelling sights and that sort of stuff. So garlic and light. Mainly it can be and water these things that give you life and you know You're afraid of or really averted to all of a sudden um, And it affects portions of the brain that affects your sleeping patterns. So this maybe nocturnal is a thing as well and also Hypersexuality So, you know legend once said that a man was not rabid if he could look at himself in The mirror to see his own reflection that whole thing of the vampires not having a reflection thing so Rabies is a very realistic, and it sends you mad, by the way, and a bit murderous. And
1: yeah, yeah, you get things get very bitey. Yeah, they
0: do, and so that's like a real world explanation to someone who didn't know any better. Well, that's got to be a vampire instead of knowing that it's the rabies, you know. Um, And as I said earlier about the decomposition, how you know cadavers once they're starting to decompose, hair still grows, gums recede, skin gets gaunt, nails grow, teeth get extruded, and they start looking a bit freaky. So if you dig up a guy, yeah, he's going to look a bit weird after a little while, you know,
1: don't you think? Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, when I, when I dig him up, I'm always surprised. It's also, I think, the transmission thing with the rabies as well. Yes, You know yes, what yes. I mean? That's right, the biting, and, you know, you receive a bite
0: from something and then you need Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So that does work. If you bite someone with rabies, you give them rabies, right?
1: Yeah. I th- imagine you would. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a doctor. Um, I should have told... You keep prescribing me a lot of stuff. I know. I should have told you that.
0: That's We'll talk after. It's fine. Okay, thanks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably best. Um, So rabies, I feel, and lack of education about what that could be, I reckon, is a big, big thing. Aside from... You
1: know everything that happens in mythology from Lilith onwards from Mesopotamia. That's massive, but and also, man, we forget the finality of those times. Like someone bites you, you know, you bleed. You, you, you're a chance to die. Dude, you know what yeah. I mean? This was an era when a broken leg could easily kill you. So Dude, an
0: open wound could kill
1: you. Like, yeah. So there's there's a real nightmarish quality if you've got your nice little you know, home and uh, uh, literally a lunatic, a raving, a rabid lunatic comes in, comes into your presence. Like, dude, that's scary. That's scary AF. Yeah. And again, you know, maybe, maybe there was some purpose to these legends. You know, there's always, there's always that suggestion historically that the, the boogeyman stories or the, you know, Sasquatch stories, the werewolf stories were, 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 when we were hunter gatherer cultures to keep kids, not, not, you know, sort of running away too yes. far and, you know. Once again, yes. A lot of uh, primordial sort of, you know, his- historians have just gone, look, that's a thing. That's a that's a you know, yeah. legitimate play. So all of that, man, in play. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And one
0: thing that they do too, because no one was a doctor, not just you, ah. um, they would bury people whom they thought were dead who could have been just completely stone drunk or had slipped into a coma or something else had happened. they bury them alive, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, quite a lot. And that's like the whole saved by the bell thing. Like at one point they were so unsure that people they were burying were actually ding, dead. Ding. Yeah. And they attached a bloody bell to their finger and if all of a sudden they start dinging them, dude's alive. Yeah. And so that, you know, when you're digging up a dude that you think might be a vampire and you know, he, he's, there's scratches on the roof, on the inside of the coffin. They think he's alive. You buried him alive, you idiots! And then you go, oh, and poor
1: that, old Tom. Yeah, and that in it, like it's messed. That up. in itself is a nightmare, man. The old Texas funeral. That's crazy. That's, yeah, you know, isn't it just, just
0: horrible? Yep. And so, in order to summarise, I suppose, like the one true characteristic across all the folklore and mythology is the drinking of the blood uh-huh. to gain the life force, and every creature on earth. Um, and every culture, sorry, every culture on Earth, um, throughout time has had a version of this motif. Absolutely. The drinking, the lurking, and the rising from the grave. Um, And so it's hard, isn't it, when we've also discussed that, um, you know, so many cultures across time and space have similar motifs, whether the same story has been able to travel this amount of time, maybe, or if there are similarities or it's actually a common you know, phenomena across the cultures. Who knows? Well,
1: that's the bit that I find fascinating. Like these days, yes, stories can travel. There's, there's, you know, the world wide webs, the interwebs, it's easy. Oh, now they travel even more. So but you yes, know, like- we are talking about, we're talking about, you know, history and we're talking about antiquity. So, yeah. geographical isolation is, is intense. You know, the tyranny of distance is amazing. Mm-hmm. This is noteworthy to say again. Look, could be the Joseph Campbellian sort of idea of the of the transferable human experience and the motifs and you know the the, the iconology that goes with the subconscious of being human. That bit might be transferable, but I agree with you. It is it, it is noteworthy that these beasties that are largely the same uh, are just come from you know geographical isolation that that really can't be explained when we're talking about a 1000 BC. Yeah. I do think that's noteworthy, man. I think that that is a, you know, water cooler uh, conversation that that could be had more. And and if I found a historian, again, primordial sort of anthropology guy, I'd go, well, man, riddle me this. How is that a thing? Precisely.
0: Yeah, and that's that's almost one of my closing statements, bro. It's like it's too it's too common, and now we've run with it with pop culture. It's just insane, you know. It's gone crazy pop culturally. Hey, and what we notice too, what you know, we notice in particular because our fingers are on the pop culture pulse, if you would not, you know, you don't mind me saying, is that um, there's more and more and more, and this one's not going anywhere. So now it's drifted from mythology into. The culture. It's part of the. Um, it's ingrained, this whole notion. So
1: differentiating between reality and. Zeitgeisty. Very zeitgeisty. Yes. And then. And then. Isn't it and just- then I love to continue to go down water cooler esque wormholes and go, well, because it, because on mass humans are imagining it. Is are we bringing it into being? You know, that whole idea that. The, yeah, that's right. You know, the Slender Man <laughs> thing. It's just like, look, is it. You know, you you know me. I love me some ancient texts and stuff. You know, the idea that the angels need us to pray, otherwise, you know, they don't they don't have power. Um, yeah, I wonder. Yeah. You know, I, I just think it's fun to wonder. Um, yes, it is, and terrifying if you're right.
0: Like it's terrifying.
1: But doesn't that mean? That if we're doing that now, where vampires have ended up is these moody, shimmery, little Robert Pattinson-looking weaklings. I don't know. Now, that's, um, well, I just, I did want to, you know, now
0: to summarize, we've summarized and now to finish up. um, The the vampire
1: films. Because, because, come on, man. Come on. I'd I'd take an old man over a Pattinson any day. So would most come on kids. old. I mean, That's sounds- if you had a UFC with Oldman and Pattinson. Oldman's going to be having Pattinson tapping out in the you know thirty-five seconds. Oh, it'll be Pattinson for breakfast for days, mate. I tell you what. And that is,
0: um, you know, if we're talking about modern vampire iterations, how that changed very radically. To I think it's Stephanie Meyer who wrote these deplorable books where there's full handsome slender emo. Assholes and they shine, shimmery. They're not afraid of the
1: sunlight because they will burn to death. Yeah. It's because they look too beautiful yeah. in the sun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, he's on the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's on the insane. floor, folks. <laughs> it's insane.
0: Oh, and all my high school problems. <laughs> You've come you know ten thousand years to get to this point. You serious? Where I'm depressed because I can't go to gym class. Oh, yeah, shut man. Up. Yeah,
1: somewhere, so, somewhere, somewhere. Lilith is going. What? Who? Are you? What? Oh yeah, boy!
0: Exactly. So, some other notable vampire films, guy, that have sort of run us through. You know, what I would like to suggest is. Interview with a Vampire, which was written in '76, and makes a great damn film. And Tom Cruise, for all his follies, is a very fine Lestat, bro.
1: He's very good. Is wonderful, wonderful. That 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 movie's flawless. It's, it is. Dude. It's 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 flawless. Yeah. You know, um, Brad Pitt just stunning in that movie. Mm. E- e- everyone. Um, Kirsten Dunst yeah. is the little
0: vampire who gets upset because oh, she'll never get older. And that's
1: a really tragic idea as well. Very poignant, Um, isn't
0: it? Yes, I agree.
1: Yeah. You know, that was back in the day when Christian Slater was just using his powers for good. It was, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to counter posit. um, I have to. um, I'm surprised we haven't mentioned it yet. I was coming close when you were talking about beheading. But, dude, the original Blade is, is a masterpiece. And I don't care what people say if people don't understand what that movie did on so many levels i consider that that bloody movie really you know people are going to say that sam raimi's spider-man original spider-man kicked off the mcu and that's fair but you you gotta dip your lid to blade man you do, man yeah that's it to Wesley's height too, and Stephen Dorff. Like, oh, God, like these guys. Like you know, that was and and we are talking 1998. So yes, yeah, Sam Raimi, you know, kicks off the the MCU. That was more 2001, man. Like you know, yeah. this is 1998. Visually, mostly still stands up for me. There's some. There's dude, some. It's pretty good. Gets a bit hokey towards the end. Yeah. Um, but dude. But pre-Matrix, dude, visual effects-wise,
0: Matrix revolutionized a whole lot of stuff and this is before that. And seriously, when you slice into the vampire and they come apart like Ash or Sparks, dude, that's oh, rad, I'm telling you.
1: Donald Logg, like Chris Christopherson, I mean, aside obviously from, you know, Stephen Dorff and, and, and the wonderful Wesley Snipes, I'm hearing the idea that, you know, it's going to be remade and recast. I'm interested, yeah. but please don't.
0: Recast,
1: please don't put nah, on that. Wesley's out
0: of jail. You can get him. <laughs> <laughs> you know he is. He's uh, evaded his taxes. He paid his dues. Now he's ready for Blade Four. Yes, yes, makes sense. yeah. I think it'd be great. Well, yeah, fifty. He'd be
1: what fifty nine, sixty. That's not going to be. That's yeah. not going to be easy. Um, ah, he's still got curry in his punches. Come on, man. I reckon probably. Look, I'm not. Privy, I'm not privy to his diet, but um, yeah, man. It's it's um that was a masterpiece for me um yeah such a yep. I like such that. a good movie yeah good entrance
0: um good entrance yeah good entry very much like another one in the realm too is uh lost boy oh man. dude it's another thing that showed us a few things about vampires and once again it's a bunch of teens being rad and being a desirable thing to be a vampire and Kiefer sutherland's great and uh, oh mate the, the bad guy at the end being the the principal whoever that was the whole time it's like absolutely ah, invited him in man
1: great show yeah
0: that was a good one What's another little vampire guy you tip your hat to?
1: Well, I mean, I, I'm definitely going to have to mention Nosferatu. Oh, listen, man, I was about to mention the
0: hell out of that, and I like your style.
1: You know, and 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 it kind of, obviously, it kind of goes hand in hand, you'd have to say, with, with Shadow of the Vampire. I know you and I have talked about this, but that original Nosferatu, honestly, dude, it's creepy. It's creepy, you know? dude.
0: And that's... Yeah, exactly. For lots of reasons we've discussed in the past too. And Max Shrek, the guy that plays
1: him, oh, who was he? <laughs> I I think. Listen, I think we said this last time, but guys, Google Max Shrek. Yes, yeah. Interesting, strange. Um, and then of course you know we have the wonderful Willem Dafoe, um, you know playing. Playing completely with that idea of going, okay, well, Max Shrek was actually yes. a real vampire. Oh, yeah. Um, you know what I mean,
0: man. I think they're a double header, though. I do recommend watching Nosferatu. It's go. Where does it go for forty minutes or something? Yeah, yeah. It yeah. is creepy and it's crackly and it's weird. And then the Shadow of the Vampire really is like the making of Nosferatu, and it's very freaky as well. It really is. <laughs> yeah, it's so so good, man. So that's one of my t- hats, hat nods too, man. Um, I think you you know I'm going to mention a few here, and I don't mention them with much love, but I mention them out of interest, pop culturally. Yes, one would be um, Buffy. The Vampire Slayer, bro, appeared as a film with Luke Perry in it, and then became a season seven seasons, I think they had from Joss Whedon, and
1: it was huge, man.
0: You know? Dude, and
1: I, I, I'm, I'm absolutely, I have no guilt in saying, aside from it's a shame where Joss appears to have ended up. Mm. Um, sorry, I need to see both your hands, Joss. No, both your hands. No, no, <laughs> your <right>. hands. Um. <laughs> buddy uh, i loved that series i loved i loved the spin off i loved angel um, it's very it's 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 watchable it has aged a little bit in the fight scenes and the spiffics. they're not they're not wonderful um, buffy's stunt double seems to have an on, an, <laughs> an ensemble of moves that I- that include about four moves um yeah
0: yeah and often the wig falls off, and it's a whole but other. But really, <laughs> like, yeah. really
1: interesting, man. James Masters as Spike was just, you know, he, he's this pretty much Shakespearean stage style actor, kind of from out of nowhere. Just, ah, uh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And they they brought in some really cool ideas. Um, you know, regardless of where he ended up, you know, the 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 Joss could write. He could write some dialogue filled with pop pop culture (laughs) references that have certainly not aged well. Yeah. But um man, what a what a what a retro vibe to you know to belt down the uh down the highway with. Um I'm gonna I'm definitely in that in that note. I don't think you can talk about Buffy and the legacy that Buffy created without then sort of, you know, referring to it to our maid Anna. In uh, in True Blood, I yeah mostly enjoyed the the crap out of True Blood. See, I haven't seen all of True
0: Blood, but I've definitely seen the first two seasons, and um, that was just because you know why is because that was a saturated time for the vampire, bro. That was when Twilight films are starting to come out too, and it all sort of got a bit muddy. And at the same time, as coming out of that was um, Underworld with Kate Beckinsdale. Same, you know, and she's a great actress, as we discussed with Selma Hayek.
1: She's another.
0: Great actress. She's just a really great
1: actress, you know. She's a great actress. Yeah, what a presence. Yes, dude, dude. I, I'm curious where you sit with Underworld. I, I, for me, it's meh. Like it's, it wasn't great. I like Bill Nye. I'll kind of watch Bill Nye in anything. Uh no, 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 dude. For me, it was six sixes. you know, oh, out of ten. They're scratching sixes. It's, um, yes, the reason being yes. is I
0: think it's uh, of an era, it's early 2000s, and where there was just far too much style over the substance. It was more important to be wearing super tight clothes and stand-in poses
1: and have wailing sort of – Angsty music over the top t- to give a show performance. You know, it was like they couldn't decide if they wanted to be the Matrix or Blade. That's right, and they tried to do. You both. know
0: what they did do? What they, that I did enjoy. Probably the only part of it that I really thought was kind of an interesting thing was blending uh, lycanthropes in there. For those that didn't miss that missed the last show, it's uh, werewolves. So werewolves in an ongoing war with vampires. It's
1: kind of a cool premise, Dude. You know? I totally agree with you. Like for for me, for me, that was the major area of coolness. Yeah. It was like, oh, cool, a war that that I've never really heard of that before. Yeah. That's a that is a radical idea. Um, and again, they'd kind of referred to the origins of the war with the werewolves being kind of like the underclass and rebelling. Right. You yeah. know, the proletariat and the bourgeois. So yeah, man, I. Absolutely, absolutely dug it. But yeah, meh, yeah, it's I know, just boring, I know. and
0: that's that's where I lie too. And thankfully, they made a lot of them. Oh, and they keep coming, yeah. man. You know, but yeah, they're luckily... like the Fast
1: and Furious, but with vampires. Oh, aren't but mate?
0: luckily, Kate Beckinsale is a very fine actress.
1: She's an excellent actress. Yeah, look, I mean, I didn't really like his. While we're while we're sort of doing a bit of a diss, you know, a bit of a nag. Yep. oh man, I wasn't really a fan of Van Helsing. Oh, you know. Man. Don't, don't don't get me wrong, I love I love, absolutely adore Drew Hackman, but I just can't you know, I just I d I don't know. Oh. You can either have you can either have Anthony Hopkins or you can <laughs> have and Hugh
0: Stupid hat. And that's another one with Kate Beckinsdale in it too, by the way. And um yes. Richard Roxborough was Oh he's oh yeah, my yeah, God. yeah no. he says some of the worst dialogue I think I've ever heard and he said I won't let you trade me, Count. I have no intention of trading you. And if I know Van Helsing, which I do,
2: he's not planning on making a trade either.
1: I, uh, I've always wondered how Richard Roxburgh ever got a job doing anything more than milk ads. But anyway, I'm just being, I'm being a, you know, I'm being rude. But yeah, to? man, yeah, man. For me, that one wasn't great. It just, yeah, it just, uh, sure. I just, yeah. What, what the hell? But um, that's why it was refreshing. Again, here he goes referring back to Dracula. But it was so refreshing seeing. You know the first. I think it's the first time we see Hopkins Van Helsing. You know he's lecturing at a university. You know on blood toxicology yeah. and and viruses of the blood. And I did love how you know Frankie Ford tried to go look. It's it's a blood virusy sort of thing here. Like uh, to me that was to to me that was rad. Um, that Van Helsing is my Van Helsing. He's my Van Helsing too. You know. So, so, like, what I, I'm interested in, and, and our punters will always want us to to go with these questions, but I guess I've got a couple of questions for you about Dracula. I yeah. mean, dude, on the rewatch, what was it like? I mean, for you, like, was it – because for me, doing all this research, the rewatch got better despite the bumps in the road that I mentioned. And I shouldn't call Keanu a bump in the road.
0: <laughs> yeah. He was – look, man, I um, – yeah, it was – a lot of parts I felt like um, the production was a lot like theatre, and I enjoyed that.
1: I know, you right? Know?
0: And The Shadow, which uh, you know we mentioned earlier, was fantastic and surprising. And no wonder they used this. And, you know, whatever happened to spoof movies? You remember when things were happening, yeah. like The Naked Gun was a thing, and Leslie Nielsen was That's a right. household name, and his version of that, and the, sh- the Shadow was always doing something really funny in his video. Yes, like, yes, yes, yes. Clever, that was good. But I think like a really standout moment for me, really, is when he first meets Mina or finds her to seduce her in the streets as the super handsome version of himself this is Dracula he's in London and it's fan bloody-tastic because it's he is so deceptively good-looking in that scene but you know that he's this evil bastard and he's manipulating Mina the whole way through and it's just fantastic so yeah, gee, I love that, man. And so it's such a rollicking thing. And like um, Coppola's got a great sort of ability to pace his films, like Cameron does in a way. There's really, mm. even when it's slower, it's not lingering. It's merely building or meandering a little and letting you soak in something. So it's not boring ever, even though it might be slower. You know, and so having that, it's not a rollicking action film that we're kind of used to for a vampire thing now. And as no. we mentioned, the juxtaposing was from Dustil Dawn where it's just like the action sequence is fantastically crazy. But there isn't that in this, you know. The most that happens is a bit of a, a stabbing in the heart and um, trying to get Dracula back to the castle before it all goes bad while he's in the, it's in the car. It's
1: interesting in that it's not, a, it's not really a horror movie. It's, it's got, not, is it? Yeah, it's a drama. It's got some kooky yeah, – it's a romance, yeah, you know, in a way. It yeah. It's got some kooky, hokey moments, like it, it, moving on to kind of – and that's a wonderful reflection, by the way. That scene um, has – I'm not sure if you're aware, but when they go into the old school style cinema, there's a moment where in, as as we pan across, it goes back to the original Shadow Puppets of yeah, yeah, that we yeah. see at the start, man. And it's when, you know, and it's it's just left there going because he's starting to, you know, use his thrall. And it's like, oh, wow, is that, you know, has that just come on in the background as a, as a result of his influence or mm. is that a dramatic parallel? Really interesting. But there's a sequence, man, where – Coppola shoots the the street scenes on the very same type of old school camera that is in the movie house projectors that they're there. It's just yeah, like, oh, yeah. dude, you are—that's a filmmaker right there. Man. Yeah, it's, it's an auteur. You know yeah. what I mean? This is an auteur, and and you know, it shouldn't. Most of it shouldn't add up, but it does. And I think, to be honest with you, on my rewatch. I was astounded at how well the special effects stood up. But then I wasn't surprised, my bro Stein, because I went, it's all in camera special effects. That's right. It's not hokey. It's not hokey CGI. Yeah, exactly. They barely tried it. And some of the, the landscapes, you know, and the
0: matte paintings. Oh, oh dude, detail. It's stunning. The, the oh. train. Yeah, he's man.
1: sitting there on the train reading a letter and we hear the voiceover of the, I would welcome you to my home. And the eyes, you know. That's the, right. The, the, yeah. Uh, just... It's kooky just, and freaky and it's
0: freaky. It's freaky. Yeah. Um, and the, the chase at the end when he's trying to get back to his castle before all that shit goes down. Man, that's some intense stuff, dude, man.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. It's one of those movies, I I realize it's joined the alumni of what used to be, because I don't go out much anymore. But when I used to go out, there was a certain (laughs) category of film that if I came home and it was on, it just meant I had to watch it. Yeah, you'd finish it up, right? Yeah, Yeah. Terminator was that for me. Aliens. There's a few that get just. It's like, oh Jesus, and and I posited why that was, and it's because they've just got a secret sequence of rewatchable and and unmissable segments to make up the movie. Yes, and you know what I mean. And that's what this is, especially (laughs) as you mentioned, like you're
0: watching and you're watching on telly, and you're going to put yourself through the ads as well. And it's still okay, (laughs) HDP. Yeah.
1: You know so for me for me this 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 film um is a masterpiece and remains the benchmark and I compare everything to it it's 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 a classic it's kind of like the godfather or something in a mm. in a vampire mm. movie you shouldn't have an artist like this wanting to paint on that canvas with that palette that yeah. he does but it yeah. just does man um and so for me that scene that I mentioned earlier is is one of the greatest moments for me. Just that look at what your God has done to me, you know, yeah, yeah. um, is just it's just a masterpiece. And yeah, that 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 scene at the start for me is unmissable. And I and I and, and I'm just like, oh, damn it, I'm on. Um, and again. I get over the bumps. I, sh- I don't know when I've really loved a movie so much that has such intolerably bad performances in it. <laughs> I- I'm serious, man. It's I not know. since It's not I since my-, my massive Jackie Chan fandom that I've sat there and watched these movies and gone, well, I'll watch it for Jackie and some of the other act- actors are just Scheisenhausen. Mm-hmm. It-, it shouldn't be, my friend. It's a quizzical, it's a bloody exercise in being in thrall with a filmmaker. <laughs> It really is, though, hey.
0: The pacing, uh, the scripting, it's all pretty benchmark stuff. But you're right. The, uh, it's, it's amazing how uh, Winona's performance, and particularly our dear uh, Mr. Reeves. Oh, bro, wow. I really don't know how they got away with that.
1: Richard E. Grant is not great, either, as the
0: doctor. And he's generally fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. And all, this, all the bit players... Aside from, uh, you know, Lucy Van Helsing and, uh, and Dracula, they're all pretty woeful. Tom Waits. But how? Tom Waits, thank you. But how is it still so engrossing? You know, that's just, that's the force of, I don't know, you're being entertained. You're actually being thoroughly entertained and it really is a bit like theatre for me in a lot of ways. It's sort of like how it's shot. There's no real sequences that really require special effects, as you mentioned, which means it could all be done on the one stage with a couple of very crafty bits of stagecraft, you know, and that's what I like about
1: it. It's Look, it's akin to – it's akin in some ways – this might be a strange comparison, but it's akin in some ways to a movie like Jaws where there's actually not a ton that happens. It's a pretty standard sequential – three-act style movie but just the writing and the way it's presented and it just gets you on the ride and you are just before long you know with with jaws Jaws is another one every time every time that chick swimming at the beach at the start next thing i'm next thing you know i'm watching roy Scheider go smile you son of a and i'm like oh i gotta go to bed (laughs) it's just it's just one of those movies my dude and i miss it I want more movies like that. I, I just, yeah, you know, and yeah. again.
0: I wonder if that's going to happen again.
1: I, I don't again. know, my friend. Yeah. And, I don't know if it will. And again, Gary Oldman created a character who is a beast, but he's, he managed to bring some humanity to it. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know. It's ridiculous. To
0: be able to sympathize with a beast like that is.
1: And I did. I
0: absolutely did. I know, I know. The dude's just heartbroken and um, then new in love. And just broken. He's broken, exactly.
1: Um, And, and look, the final movie. We had a wonderful, wonderful listener. Thank you, Lars. Um, Lars. So the the movie that we are that I'm referring to is is of course The Hunger with David Bowie. David Bowie as <laughs> a vampire. Come on now, what do you now, think? D- now, dude, it, this is an interesting one because it is a classic, and 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 listeners, you know, if you haven't got on board, I 100 percent recommend it. But it's an odd one. It isn't as rewatchable as for me. Some things some things are better not returned to. Classic exemplar mm-hmm. being The Dukes of Hazard. Don't rewatch it. That Flight series. of the Navigator.
0: You remember it better than it actually is.
1: The A-Team, for example. Oh yes. You know, why do they always lock them in a warehouse with three phase power and uh, an air compressor? But
0: anyway, <laughs> exactly, exactly.
1: <laughs> <The> <laughs> <would be> a- <laughs> 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 anyway, tie their hands, just tie- uh, <laughs> gag them. uh, gag them. uh yeah, 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 yeah. It's one of those things. But look, David Bowie's The Hunger. Um, I would be interested in interaction. Please communicate with us through, through whatever portals that the G Man will mention later on. Um, it's an interesting movie. Once again, Susan Sarandon, mm. a wonderful actress. She's a great actress. She is a great yes. actress in this movie particularly. But, yeah, it's it's kitsch. It's unusual. It's distinctly of
0: that era, though, too, isn't it? Like, when was it, 82, perhaps, made, was it?
1: Yeah, it, yeah, it, really,
0: the really. It reeks really, of 82, man. I'm born in 82. It really I'm does. A young man. You know,
1: I'm hitting my yes. prime.
0: No, I'm hitting my prime, Hey, Shut up. Shut up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Are you nodding at the yeah, prime? Yeah, yeah.
1: Doc Holiday style prime. About.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your huckleberry.
1: <laughs> yeah, well. That is a hell of a thing to say to me. All right. Well, look, there it is. We've there it, it is. We have, we've yeah. laid it out. And um, again, if interesting, interesting stuff to look into, we've given, we've given you, the listeners, some homework to do. Um, but look, you know, it is. Max Shrek, for example, go down that wormhole. Oh, that, seriously, that's the one you got to go down just for intrigue. That dude ain't right. It's
0: something else that's really quite baffling, and that will just—if you explore a little bit of Max Shrek—you'll kind of get what we're on about just a little bit generally in the intrigue that we like to explore on this um, wacky, zany program. And thank you for coming on this journey with us, all of What you. a monster journey it's been. This is a this is a big one. This is a fat one. We knew it was always going to be, and I was not—I yeah, was yeah. a little afraid, I suppose. But yeah. you know, we've been here for two hours now I'm um, talking and uh you know the jaw starts to run that's normal though that's not that's not unusual
1: no it's just it's unusual not. to record that's it. the yeah.
0: difference is I know I'm glad <laughs> we did this one and just <laughs> make sure go to a thing. yeah we are recording thank goodness for that gee that'd be a bummer oh god it? oh don't do that to me man Shit yeah, it's timbers. Happened. It's happened. well look thanks P-Boss for uh coming on this rocking ride with me and us the the valuable and beautiful listeners It's been a hell of a journey. We've done a bit of work on this one. Sorry to the listeners at home. This has taken some time and we'll do it. We'll endeavor to get them out at more of a frequent pace. But, you know, whatever, man. You know, in a hundred years, when you could go through this, I don't. I think the month or two that we took to get this one done won't really matter. It'll just be oh, number two, yeah, twenty-two. Yeah, it took yeah.
1: ages. We'll all we'll all be dead, and the singularity will just be processing this file. It's cannot you know,
0: wait. You know,
1: this is yeah. the podcast. What do you think Skynet will think of? It? Hello, Skynet, Hi. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we we were alive until you killed a soul <laughs>
0: that's a beautiful song but look uh, yeah, yeah, thanks, it's, not man. Done. it's not done if you want to find any of us again and I recommend that you do because we will be pumping out more programs you can find us on Facebook the Manchildian Candidate you can email us directly and I'll get back to you in 40 years the Manchildian Candidate at gmail.com and we're on instas as well and every now and then we do a bit of skywriting but it has been cloudy lately so there's been a hell of a wait. Of money. Well,
1: I just think we should stop doing it at night.
0: Well, yes, and during storms. Cause just I don't think away.
1: it's a solid return on investment. Ah, oh,
0: man. Well, we were working on getting the, the the moon laser, you know, carving it into the moon. Ah, oh, the maser, but, um, yeah. The maser, yeah, but it fell through. You know, well, we kept party, hitting
1: yeah. bloody Elon's
0: satellites. and it's bouncing yeah. straight back at us. He's so pissed any, off. Yeah, yeah. If there's any seismic activity, that's that's our fault. Very yeah, sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, wow. Well. Um, uh, not my fault. Yeah, so look, it's been an absolute journey. Thank you very much. All the players, please hit us up. And make sure to like and to follow on all the portals in which you can possibly scribe. Oh,
1: yes. Like and follow and rate, please, because yes. it helps other people find us. And a big thank you to those who have done. So, um, look, create another account. If you've done it already, create another account. You know, give yourself a fake name. You know, Max Shrek, for example. Dude, a good one. Right? Yeah. 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 We're
0: onto something. Okay. Good. All right. All right. Look, it has been amazing. Thanks very much for lurking around, P Boss. And thank you, the players at home. We will see you next time for another rollicking adventure. It may very well be another cryptid endeavor. We're working that out, but we will get back to you and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks very much, everybody. It's totally going to be another cryptid. We know it's gonna this. It's going to be cryptids. Yeah. I know. Yeah, no. yeah. Peace out, Manchilding Candidate. Bye.